I was able to mentally change my focus from the race strategy that I went over with Coach Lou in detail, in depth. I had the paces that I needed to run during certain miles. I knew the course. I knew when there was going to be an incline. And I had to totally abandon that mentally and just focus on being present in the moment. If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Hey, healthy runners, are you ready for your glow up? Have you guys heard the news yet? Knox Gear signature product, the Tracer, which I have been glowing about, see what I did there, for the better part of nine months now has just been re-engineered for a better fit, higher visibility, more color modes, and twice the LEDs for your brightest move yet with the Tracer 2. All of our healthy runners use Knox gear during this time of the year when the days are getting shorter in order to get in those runs, even if it is dark outside. One of my pet peeves is when I'm driving and I don't see a runner until the last minute because they're not visible because they're not using Knox gear. We are all about runner health on this podcast and Knox gear's Tracer 2 is an essential running tool to keep you safe and visible while running. The Tracer 2 keeps me lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. runs, and I always get shout-outs and comments from other walkers and people traveling in cars because they notice the light display I'm giving off. If you are looking for running gear that will actually help you stay safe while running, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 35% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to noxgear.com. That's N-O-X. G-E-A-R.com and use the code HEALTHYRUNNER at checkout to save 35% off. Go ahead and give Knox Gear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer running. Running a marathon is no joke. It is not only running the actual race on your big race day, but it is the training that you put in for the months and the years leading up to that one day experience, the exhilaration of finishing your first marathon. I was lucky enough to experience that five years ago, and I was lucky enough to do it all over again and chase down a PR, even though I was experiencing one of the single worst race days I have ever experienced. Uh, this just happened last week at the Hartford Marathon. and. This is going to be a really a share for you all 
really giving you a little insight into what I experienced last week and really try to share some tips for you so you can continue to grow as a runner. And the thing that I really learned along the way is I found the secret to the marathon. What is it, you ask? Listen in, and I will share it with you. Welcome to episode 146 on the Healthy Runner Podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. And I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, uh, running coach, and this is going to be a somewhat solo reflective episode, somewhat of a storytelling, but also bringing it all together for you to share some insight into how you can conquer your marathon dreams, your running dreams, um, or if you've been following along my journey these last four months that I've been documenting and talking about on the show, then you probably want to hear the last chapter because this chapter's closed. We're closing the book on the comeback story of Dwayne's second marathon. So you guys have been awesome uh, following along on the journey. I've loved sharing this journey with you. And, you know, if you are a beginner marathoner or maybe a half marathoner who's thinking about dipping their toes in the marathon waters and signing up for your first marathon, or you are a dedicated runner who is just like frustrated because you're not getting faster for your marathon times, or you've hit this plateau, or you're constantly getting injured now as we're getting older, um, you know, or you just want to be like proactive and continue doing what you love um, and running marathons, then this is going to be the episode for you. And for those of you that are new to the show, first off, welcome. Um, welcome to our show, our Healthy Runner community. I absolutely love you guys. Um, I started running, for those that don't know, at the age of 31. So I'm an adult onset runner. And I really wanted to get in some cardio into my gym sessions. Um, always in the gym pretty much five days a week since I graduated physical therapy school. And um, after my hip surgery, had a little labral tear, cartilage defect, had a little hip arthroscopy. And my surgeon advised me to not run on the treadmill, which I was doing to lean out, right? Do a little cardio um, after your workout in the gym. And he wanted me to run outside. So, you know, ran outside for the first time, fell in love with it. Kind of the rest is history, as they say. But I, I really learned quickly that without fully recovering from that surgery in terms of my muscle imbalances, I really suffered um, one of the stubborn running-related injuries, uh, which is the upper hamstring tendon pain, so proximal hamstring tendinopathy um, that many other novice runners kind of face or even experienced runners. Um, and that really brought me to my epiphany that runners should be treated differently. Right. So I, I needed to go to different strategies than I learned in PT school, quite frankly. And what I was using as a orthopedic sports medicine PT, um, treating many athletes um, at the time. And, you know, I, I learned those strategies. I took myself through those strategies. I also took myself through strategies to get over runner's knee, shin splints, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, right? All the common ones that you guys have probably had at one time or another. And then I really put those strategies to practice with the patients that I was, you know, treating at the time. And I wanted to share this with the larger running community, hence why we started the Healthy Runner podcast and this YouTube channel. 
So really as a coach, I've gone on to coach hundreds of runners and really treat thousands of runners um, throughout my almost 20 year career coming up on my 20 year anniversary as being a licensed physical therapist. Um, actually, January 3rd of uh, this coming January. So that'd be my 20 year anniversary. I was thinking about that the other day during my recovery run during marathon recovery. And we could talk about the little recovery, um, how that's going. Um, so, you know, I've really helped runners kind of either finish their first marathon, getting a PR or a personal best or getting, you know, that elusive BQ without having to fight through pain to get that right. So currently, um, my passion is doing this and just educating our running community and, you know, the fact that you don't need to stop running in order to get over your running injury and through our signature one-on-one healthy runner coaching program, um, through weekly videos and podcast episodes, just like this. Um, I really want to empower you to get stronger, run faster and enjoy lifelong injury free running. So I really truly believe that anyone can run just like Gusto says anyone could gook a little Ratatouille reference there for those that don't know the Ratatouille movie. Um, But runners should also be treated differently when recovering from an injury versus just the general population getting over Achilles tendonitis, um, for example, or knee pain. So I'm on a mission to really change the traditional thinking in how running actually causes overuse injuries or that your body is just not meant to run and that you must take a break in order to actually get better from your running injury. So through strength and run specific training, you can grow a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. So that's kind of my quick backstory, if I can make anything quick, right? That's why I do podcast episodes because it's long form, right? You guys know me by now who have been listening for a while, but kind of to catch you up on my running journey Um, and it has been a journey and that is one thing that I really express to many of the clients that I work with, that this is a journey and it's not an end all be all or a destination that you eventually get to and then it's over. Right. So I've done 67. Yes. I'm kind of type A and I type this all out and I keep track 67 road races, uh, in total 29 half marathons. Uh, so you could see what my favorite race distance is by almost half of mine are half marathons. And now I've completed officially two marathons. Here's the medal to prove it, right? I'm going to wear this thing, uh, proud because yeah, it's only number two and, um, I'm rocking the new gear as well. Those watching the video version, you see run long, strong, um, So really since COVID, um, just kind of the recent running uh, journey really has taken me through three straight half marathon training cycles that I really had some awesome, strong half marathon training cycles, right? I got the same time literally in back-to-back ones at 144. And then the tune-up race for this marathon, um, I ran four weeks before the marathon and was very pleased with my 146 because it was definitely a hotter, humid type of race. Um, so I was very pleased with those results. So really coming off of kind of those three half marathons leading up to uh, this marathon. And, you know, the most important thing that I've really enjoyed this whole time process, this whole marathon training process 
that I've been officially in marathon training for four months, right? In marathon training, when we think training cycles, is I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the training. And this is the healthiest I've been ever as a runner, ever. So even two years ago, three years ago, I was battling some minor aches and pains, no major injuries that, you know, caused me to really not do a race, you know, really alter my training, um, get some, you know, treatment, you know, for a couple of weeks by one of my PT colleagues, none of that, right? So this is the healthiest that I've been. So to me, that's really the most important thing. And at the time of this recording, it's now 11 days post-marathon. And, you know, I really, really, um, you know, one of the things that I'm going to recommend to you all, especially after going through something like a marathon training cycle, is to take that time and reflect on the experience. And, you know, that's really what I've done these last um, 11 days. And just, you know, reflect on the amazing you know, experience 26.2 mile journey, um, you know, and that's what I've been doing because it was the first time I did it in five years. And I can honestly say that, um, you know, the race and the experience of training for a marathon tells you so much more about your character than you would ever believe. And for those of you who have run the marathon, I think you know what I'm talking about. And those of you who haven't, I'm not saying to go sign up for a marathon tomorrow, right? So we'll talk about when is the right time for you to run your marathon. But I will say that the marathon needs to be respected. It deserves some serious respect. And I already knew that. I knew that going into this training. And... (laughs) Heck, it took me five years, right, to go back for seconds. So I I will kind of preface that. Um, But, you know, even though I got the medal around my neck and I got the medals behind me on my wall here, you know, that's not why I run. I don't run for the medals, even though they're cool, right? Like, you like cool medals, right? They're they're pretty neat. Um, And I don't run for the PRs. And I think this is something that this race in particular really, really highlighted that. Um, you know, I run because I'm the person who always valued health and wellness. Like I mentioned, after I graduated PT school, heck, I was in the gym, right? Every day. It was like, you know, health, wellness, eating right, right? Want to live a healthy lifestyle, want to be a good role model for my girls. Um, you know, when I became a father, I became a dad after that surgery, when I started feeling out of shape because I was on non-weight bearing on crutches for four weeks, I was like, dude, you ain't getting dad bod, right? Like, hey, you value health and wellness, right? Like this is, you know, really why I started running initially was to get in shape after that surgery. But really, you know, these past 11 years during my running journey, it's really been that vehicle that has allowed me to, you know, not only, you know, recover from that hip surgery, get back in shape, but you know, little did I know the mental benefits that I would get from running um, besides those physical benefits, right? And, you know, those amazing mental benefits of stress relief um, helps manage my type A personality. It provides me the mental focus that I need to attack my day, right? And be a better husband, a better father, 
a better educator for my PT students, a better entrepreneur, a better leader for our, you know, healthy runner team and um, a better human, honestly, and hopefully a better podcast host. Right. And, um, you know, so I was really grateful to have kind of the, the physical strength that I put the training in to complete this marathon race and this advanced marathon training cycle that I went through without any injuries. And I was really surprised. I was most surprised, actually, I should say, by the mental toughness that I was able to execute on race day um, last week. So let me give you guys the race recap. Um, And before I even do that, I, I will just say after the marathon, I took my longest time away from running since I did this five years ago, right? So since 2017, I don't think, I was trying to think about it. I really don't know. I don't think I've ever gone more than three days, maybe, like from running, Uh, maybe a vacation, like depending on travel. I I love exercising on vacation. Um, I am one of the, not that I'm obsessive, like I need to exercise, but I actually enjoy it. Like I actually enjoy it and I don't do, you know, really hard workouts on vacation. So I strategically plan it out where I get long runs done before or when I get back from vacation. But I do like running in new destinations. Um, so, you know, I just took my longest time off of running um, ever. So eight days. So for those who listen to our marathon recovery episode um, with Coach Whitney and, you know, maybe you're recovering from your marathon, maybe you ran Chicago, and you're still not feeling it and getting back out there, that's totally okay. Um, there is no set time that you need to get back to running um, quick. And you going out for a run three days later, four days later, five days later, six days later, doesn't mean that you're any more physically fit. It doesn't, you know, mean that you're a better runner than the next person. Um, I had a bunch of, you know, conversations with colleagues of mine and, um, you know, I reached out to them cause again, I don't, you know, run a lot of marathons. Right. Um, and I'm like, how long do you take off? Like mentally, physically, I could have run three or four days after physically, I felt like totally fine. Wasn't even sore anymore. Um, but I really thought about it. I'm like, dude, all right. You just literally ran 26.2 miles first time in five years. Like this was a huge physical undertaking. Like just let your body do what it needs to do. It's going to take weeks for your body to recover. Even if you feel good under the surface, inside your body, things are recovering, like different systems are recovering. So, you know, it was hard for me, honestly, to take that time off, but I'm really glad that I did. And I'm really glad that getting into marathon recovery, I started this past Monday, went out there for two super easy miles, um, took some walking breaks. The legs felt like deer legs, like baby deer legs. Like it was crazy. It, it, it was weird. It was like, I've never run before. Um, but it wasn't easy effort either. I had to keep it really slow. So I knew that my body was still recovering. And I did a super light workout in the gym. I loved getting back in the gym. I'm not going to lie. It was literally a three-week hiatus from the gym because two weeks prior, 
the way that taper worked out and I had like my 20 miler, you know, three weeks out, two weeks out from the race. Um, because I had a, a, a cutback week after my, um, half marathon tune-up. Um, I wound up, you know, really not doing the gym those weeks before, cause I knew it wasn't going to help me. Right. Um, so it was great to get back in the gym, but again, like super lightweight and my muscles, like embarrassingly were a little sore the next day. Um, so it, it really just like illuminated, like how much the body has been through when it runs 26.2. So I'm just saying that because this is the first time I really experienced that. And like, it was like smack in the face that, Ooh, no, like half marathons guys, two days later running in the gym can do almost like a full workout in the gym after a half marathon marathon. It's like a different animal, different beast. Um, so Today, this morning, actually went same thing, run, gym, no expectations, super easy, going on effort. The run felt much better than Monday. I did two and a half miles, right? I didn't even do three. I was like, that's just because you guys want to think about as you're recovering from your marathon, reverse tapering, essentially, is what you're doing. You're thinking about like, what were those super easy runs that you did like right before your race? That's what I'm doing right now. And then we're kind of gradually building back up. And the workout in the gym felt a lot better, but I still kept it super light. Um, so again, allow that time for recovery. But now let's get into the race specifics because that's honestly probably what you tuned in for, right? Um, you guys have been so awesome, by the way. Everyone who reached out on social media, commented on my post um, after the race. Like you guys have been so supportive. Like just the comments of like, hey, yeah, I've been following your journey. And it's been fun. And like the fact that you have been following, I don't take that for granted. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciated all the positive comments and the good luck wishes before the race. Um, so let's talk about the race here. Um, you know, did I technically have a goal time in mind for the race? No, I did not because I really wanted to focus on executing the process and enjoying the moment because I did not enjoy the first moment. Right. I shared that with you guys before I hit, I did all the rookie mistakes that pretty much all newbies make. And if uh, those that don't listen to this podcast or other, you know, podcast, um, you know, I, I was definitely under fueled. I was definitely under hydrated. I was definitely under electrolyted. Um, I know that's not a word, but let's pretend it is. Uh, I knew nothing about salt tabs, salt sticks, um, supplementing with salt. So I cramped up at mile. 1920. It was like a blur and every muscle in my legs cramped up, extremely painful to even walk, let alone try to run. So it was like a, a walk, jog, hobble, pain, screaming, try to stretch out, you know, a calf that's seizing up on me. So I wouldn't exactly say that was like a fun race by any means. It was not. And it was a, it was painful <laughs> physically and mentally. Um, so this race, I really wanted to be able to enjoy the moment and like savor this moment, right? We've been talking about it for a while. We've been doing a lot of episodes on the podcast and I was like, I was ready for this. So my goal was to finish um, the 2022 Hartford Marathon Redemption Race and to run the whole thing without having to walk slash painful run um, through cramps like I did five years ago during those last six miles. So However, I did have a conservative time based upon my fitness from these past six months. 
and the last two half marathons, right, that I did. So I did need a ballpark time in order to actually have a strategy in place for the race. So I did not go out too fast, right? So my ballpark strategy that Coach Lou and I on our last kind of um, deep dive coaching call went over was like a 343 was a conservative, you know, time for me um, to be able to strategically pace myself. And so I wouldn't go out too, you know, fast and I can execute the race strategy that, you know, we've talked about many times on the podcast and I've executed for my half marathon races. Um, and I thought it was completely reasonable. Did I have that time as a goal? Was I dreaming about 343? Did I have it, you know, on a post-it on my desk here? Uh, no. Like, did I wake up and like think 343 the day of the race? No, I didn't. Um, so you know, for anyone who's run enough races, uh, you guys know that getting a specific time in a race is like, you know, sometimes within your control and you have a point of the race where you can push for that. And sometimes it's not in control, right? It's not in your power. It's not, there's just nothing you can do about it. But the one thing that you can do is control the process, right? So that was my goal was to control the process. So, you know, looking at everything objectively, and this is what I actually did um, two days after the race was just jot everything down. And those that follow um, Spark Healthy Runner IG account or um, in our Healthy Runner Facebook group, you guys saw this. But really what happened at the race, um, objectively, I wanted to write down what happened. So let me give you my final time first and foremost. So my final time was actually 4.03. 39, um, which is a 918 pace. So for, again, based upon my level of fitness, right, that was definitely slower. So, you know, that could be quite surprising, right? To some of you, it was definitely surprising to me um, when I realized that that was going to be the outcome. Um, but let me tell you, um, you know, objectively why that was. So, some of the things that really did not go well for me um, that went really, really bad um, was I had severe stomach pains, chills, headaches, difficulty sleeping um, for two days prior to the race. I thought I literally um, either had COVID or I was coming down with a stomach virus. So I started like all my homeopathic, you know, meds and things like that to like, all right, make sure that I was healthy enough, my immune system to actually run this race. Um, I actually had the worst sleep I've ever had in my life the night before. Um, never happened to me before a race ever. Um, I woke up every single hour. Like that never happens to me. Like I don't have problems sleeping. Like I sleep hard. I sleep good. Um, my problem is always, I never got enough sleep or my wind down routine. And we talked about this on the self-care for runners episode um, with Amy Mongetta that I've started implementing my self-care strategies, right? And getting, you know, better wind down time before bed. Um, but this was like up every single hour. Um, so unfortunately, really what happened, and this is kind of the post-race uh, analysis here, or even the morning of analysis, I realized what was happening to my body um, I had my first bout ever of anxiety before a race. 
And, you know, we could talk about this a little bit because um, I did talk about it with my therapist is um, it wasn't necessarily race anxiety because if you literally gave me truth serum two days before the race, one day before the race, even the morning of the race, I would have told you I was not nervous for the actual race. Like I felt prepared physically, mentally. I knew I trained properly. The training cycle went amazingly well. Um, but I knew that really, you know, it was, it was, it was really weird because it was like someone like took over my body and it was like, I had no control over it. So, and it, it's kind of weird. Cause like I mentioned, like I didn't have a specific race time. I wasn't trying to get no, like, you know, PR, like I figured, okay, I'm going to get a PR because like last time I cramped up, like all I got to do is just like run the thing, right? And I'm going to get a PR. So it, it really wasn't like I was putting pressure on myself to do that. I knew it was like easy to do. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have no crazy goals of some like, you know, BQ or anything crazy like that. Um, so it was really weird because subconsciously my body reacted in a way that really created this tight, tight vice around my stomach. And I've never experienced anything like that in my life. It was seriously like you put a vice around my stomach and squeezed it as hard as possible. That's why I felt for a good two days. And it got so uncomfortable that it really screwed up my GI system. Unfortunately, it was actually really hard for me to actually get in my pre-race fuel right? To get in the carbs I needed that I know I needed for the actual event, right? For the marathon. It was hard for me to even get down my electrolytes and my, my hydration the day before. I did it because I was like, I know I'm going to need this. I need to make sure that I'm hydrated and my electrolytes, I don't want to cramp, right? Um, and I needed the carbs because I needed my glycogen stores tapped off. And I didn't go crazy, guys. I didn't like eat, you know, huge bowls of pasta. We've talked about this. I just changed my percentages of what I normally eat. And I went to my simple carbs, things like that. And, um, you know, my breads and just had bland foods. Honestly, that was easy on my stomach. I've had a history of, you know, some bad reflux. And, but it's been well-managed, well-controlled. I take Prilosec every day and, um, it never bothers me on my runs anymore. So, because I know what foods to stay away from, right. And I don't eat too late before bed. So I do all the things that I don't have any symptoms of reflux where I used to three, four years ago, always have reflux, you know, when I was running, which was absolutely terrible. Um, so I really realized that this was anxiety because I looked back at my Garmin, my heart rate the day before the race, like my max heart rate got up to like 141. And, you know, my resting heart rate is usually like 52, 53, right? Like the max it usually ever goes up to on a non-exercise day is, I don't know, 80 something, maybe 90, right? Um, I was 141. I did not exercise the day before. I went for my shakeout run two days before. So, you know, that was definitely a clue that, hey, like this was anxiety. And I, I have shared on the podcast before that I did have a bout. Um, it was like a little cardiac scare back last winter um, where I did have a pretty much a panic attack, right? And that it was this anxiety 
that um, I went through and had some irregular heart rhythms that started going off of my Garmin and all that, you know, jazz. So this anxiety really like hit me hard and it really affected the race because the easy miles in the beginning that are supposed to be easy did not feel easy for my body. They didn't feel easy for my muscles. My stomach was because of that tight vice, I wound up becoming so bloated at so much reflux, so much belching gas. Like it was crazy to like feel that and run. Like that's only happened to me at like one, um, you know, race that I've ever done where I've had like GI symptoms. I've never went to the porta potty at a race ever. Um, this race I had to stop three times and actually one of them was in a Dunkin' Donuts. So thank you, Dunkin' Donuts for having a uh, race on the course that I was able to use a real bathroom, wash my hands with soap and water. Felt actually kind of good to go in a real bathroom. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was not a great feeling. Um, and I was really upset. It, it, did upset me because I knew I wasn't feeling how I normally feel when I run. And I just wanted to experience like running this marathon with how I normally feel during a run. Like, and yeah, at the end, like, let's test your fitness. Let's turn on the jets, right? Last six miles, like start, you know, trying to get some negative splits and, you know, see what you can do. But the beginning, this was be easy. Right. And I was going at my easy pace, but it didn't feel easy for my body because my muscles were so tensed up because I couldn't even breathe properly. I couldn't expand my diaphragm and expand my stomach because it had this vice around it. So it was definitely very, very frustrating um, because I didn't feel like that normal self. Right. And I used way too much energy during those easier pace miles than I normally should have. And I knew right? That's part of the race strategy. And we've talked about many times before during a race, you got to make sure you get in your rhythm. You're easy. You're getting your muscles to rely. Like I talked to all my clients about this, right? So like I've coached many runners on this strategy and like, what are the goals in the beginning of the race? And the fact that I couldn't do that was like extremely frustrating to me because it was like out of my control. Um, you know, the other bad thing that happened is I lost a total of like literally 10 minutes in the middle of the race in Dunkin' Donuts. Um, so that was not good, right? You can't exactly stop the clock. Um, like if you're on a long run and that happens, you can like, hey, stop your Garmin. Be like, okay, I'm not going to count this. I don't want it to, you know, really ruin my average pace for my long run, right? Um, and then the other fact is I was forced to walk at times when the reflux got so bad like I was dry heaving, right? I felt like I was going to throw up and it was really, really hard for me to get down my gels. Um, but again, I knew I needed them because I knew I needed the energy, right? At the end, I didn't want to hit a wall. So it was just very frustrating to have to walk for like 10 or 20 seconds every time I got a little mojo going um, because, you know, this feeling was like coming in my throat. Um, so... You know, the other, the, the last negative thing, and then guys, we're going to get to the good. Um, the last negative thing was I did unfortunately have still way too much on my quote unquote to-do list, right? The days leading up to the race. And I really do think that that contributed to my feeling 
of anxiety leading into the race. And it wasn't even so much like I blocked my schedule. I knew I didn't do a podcast episode that week, right? I didn't have to publish a new episode, right? We had one in the bank, right? Or I left enough time. I think actually the one we did with Coach Whitney was that Monday we recorded it of race week, but it was off my plate, you know, on Tuesday. Um, but even my girls' schedule, like we had volleyball games every evening that week. There was still way too much on my to-do list that week. So again, you live and learn. And, you know, I didn't have as much time to, I didn't have really any time to get in a Zen-like state and actually relax before the actual race, which I regret. And it's my own fault. Um, Sometimes we're our own worst enemies, right? And it's hard to say no to things. Um, So those were all the things that went really bad. Uh, So let's get to the good, right? Because we need to look at this objectively, guys. Um, It can't just be like Debbie Downer, Dwayne. Oh, poor Dwayne, right? Like, and this is what I want you to think about with your races, because they're all not going to be great, right? We shared this in a previous episode with Elizabeth Clore um, about only 20% of people at a race actually get a PR even though it feels like there's a lot more and who actually like reached their goal, right? The majority of people like 40% do well. And then there's like a good 30 to 40%. Not good with numbers guys. My wife would kill me. She's an accountant um, that actually had a terrible race. Um, So mine was terrible from like the feeling aspect of how it went and, what I felt. And I guess if you went by the clock, right, you would say that was terrible because conservatively, right, I should have been able to do X. But I want to focus on the good because I want you all to reflect on your performances and realize that when you actually write these down, you'll be surprised. You might find a lot more good than there is bad. So the good things that happened for me, I correctly trained for a marathon. First time in five years, I did it. I literally went through and not only like beginner marathon training, we talked about this on the podcast, episode 139 with coach Lou advanced marathon training. We talked about that. We talked about some of the runs I was doing. We talked about how I felt after those, you know, spicy, um, quote unquote, uh, long runs, right. The 60 miler, the 18 miler, when I was challenged to get in that marathon pace or challenge to get a tempo mile or two at the end of a long run. Right. So I successfully completed that. And remember the race is one day guys, right? The four months before that, like I did that and I can be proud and say, Hey, I completed the training. Right. And I point number two, the good, the healthiest I've ever been as a runner. So we talked about that. And if you want to know the specific strategies, because I'm not going to repeat all those in this episode, go to episode 128, where I really shared my half marathon training lessons learned. And that was after, and I made my big announcement that, hey, I'm going to be formally moving into marathon training these next four months. In that episode, I really detailed why I have been the healthiest that I've ever been. So if you want to hear the strength exercises, how I take care of soft tissue, how I'm recovering from my feet, doing my short foot exercise that's on our YouTube channel, right? Like 
the things that I've been doing for recovery, the things I've been doing to stay healthy, get all of those specifics in episode 128. So the third good thing that um, happened in Marathon Reflection is I correctly tapered, right? So episode 91 on the podcast, I talked with Coach LaToya about how do we taper before a race, why it's important. Um, I, I crushed tapering. I had no problems tapering. People talk about taper crazies, all that stuff. I love tapering, honestly. Coach Kat, I know, mentioned that in her episode. Um, yeah, tapering was great. Hey, give me a little extra time to do some of those to-do things, right, on my list. Um, I was loving tapering. I had no issues. I loved getting a little extra sleep. And I was, like, mastering it. I was like, okay, you're getting your sleep. And then, you know, when we had to really start getting more fuel in, like I was doing all the things right during taper. Um, so the next thing, the fourth thing was I had a great strategy um, for the actual marathon, even though I wasn't able to execute it. Right. So um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to execute it because it I had to divert from the strategy every time I had to hit the porta potty. Um, so it was like, that average mile became really slow. And then the next mile, I, I played a little catch up, right, to try to run faster than my marathon piece to try to, you know, play a little catch up. So unfortunately, I couldn't execute the strategy. I had a great strategy. And if you don't know, say you have a marathon coming up and you're listening to this and you don't know how to, you know, get a good strategy. We shared all of that in episode 118 with Coach Whitney um, and shared our race day blueprint that I filled out, guys. I even shared that on social media, right? Like my filled out checklist. I made sure I had everything, um, all of that. So the strategy was there. Unfortunately, I couldn't execute it. Um, I got in my nutrition, my hydration, my electrolytes prior to the race and during. Um, even though I really didn't want to, my stomach didn't want to, but I knew that was the only way that I would actually be able to make my goal of running the whole darn thing and not cramp up. Um, so again, if you're looking for how did, and I got a lot of questions on this, like, and actually a lot of conversations on Instagram the last couple of days have been like, Hey, I cramped up. Like, how did you not cramp up? Right. We talked about all this in episode 137 um, on the podcast with our registered dietitian, Brooke, um, about marathon nutrition, hydration, and electrolytes. So, check that episode out to get all the deets. The other thing, I forgot how many numbers I'm on. I think I'm on six, maybe. I might have skipped a number. I don't know, five or six. Um, I stayed mentally strong to continue. When honestly, after coming out of Dunkin' Donuts, after 10 minutes, I really wanted to like just DNF. And I was like, like what, you know, I said to myself, like, what's the point? And then honestly, quickly, I turned that around. And, you know, really, I thought about Coach Cat, um, episode 143, we talked about marathon mindset. And her seven tips that she shared, like I was pulling all those out to get me back on the road and to like get me back in the game. I was like, dude, you just took like a 10 minute break from a race. Like I've never taken a two minute break, a 30 second break from a race besides like walking out a water stop to get in my fuel, you know? And I was like, dude, you just took a 10 minute break 
in a race. And I was like, should I just stop? Then I was like, no, like you got to keep going. Right. And, you know, the other thing that I was really proud of is that I did fight through the stomach pain and the reflux. Um, and I had to be okay with walking every mile or so in order to not throw up. <laughs> right. So I, you know, the fact that I was able to like fight through that pain and not stop, um, and be okay with walking when, as I shared with you, my goal was to not walk because I didn't want to cramp up. Right. I trained properly. I knew how to fuel all that stuff. So like, I didn't want to walk, not to say that there's anything wrong with walking guys. Right. I have many athletes right now that are doing walk, run, walk, and who just crushed some marathons and are about to crush New York. Um, so not saying that walking is, is bad by any means. Right. But again, we're all at our different points of our running journey. And for me, right, my growth over the last five years of consistently running, consistently strength training, I cramped up and had to walk in that marathon. My goal for this one was to finish it running the whole thing. So for me walking, when my legs were not physically tired, I didn't need to walk. It started messing with my head a little bit, but I had to come to the grips and the reality of the situation, right? That I needed to actually walk in order to not throw up. <laughs> so, you know, the, the other positive of the race is that I was able to mentally change my focus from the race strategy that I went over with Coach Lou in detail, in depth. I had the paces that I needed to run during certain miles, I knew the course, I knew when there was going to be an incline. And I had to totally abandon that mentally and just focus on being present in the moment and really going to what my goal was of the marathon was to enjoy the moment, right? And not focus on strategy, enjoy the moment and implement the mental strategies that Coach Cat talked about in that episode 143. And I said to myself, like, Dwayne, you put the work in, like you deserve to cross that 26.2 finish line, no matter what the time on the clock says, right? This was five years since you did this last. And I needed to go back to Hartford because I felt like I'd unfinished business. Many of you are like, why are you running your marathon in Hartford? Like, no offense, Hartford um, and the Hartford Marathon Association. But many people are like, well, why do you want to do your first in Hartford? Like, and I always want to do my first in New York, be an original New Yorker, all that stuff. Love the city, love traveling in. Um, but I wanted to do my hometown race. I felt comfortable with. I've done the half marathon four years before I did the full there. So I had unfinished business. So I was like, I went back to my why. And Coach Cat and I talked about this, guys, that there's going to be a point in your marathon that your physical training can only take you so far. Mentally, there's going to be struggles, whether it's Dwayne with his stomach issues, whether it's you with cramping up, whether it's you dropped your gels and you didn't realize they fell out of your pocket. And now you're like, what the heck do I do? Um, right. There's going to be stuff that happens that you just can't plan for. And they happen. So you need to be mentally in the right mindset to go back to your why. And that's really what I did. 
And that is what got me over that hurdle of, hey, Dwayne, continue to run this race and don't like bow out, right? Don't give up, right? You owe it to yourself to actually continue because you put in the training. And the things that really got me there was like my why and everything that's happened since Hartford five years ago, right? Everything that's happened in the world from five years ago, right? From COVID to me losing my mom, right? The last time that I ran a marathon, I went and celebrated with my mom and my girls like after, right? So going out to dinner after, right? Like everything that happened in the world to my business, having to totally change from being like an in-person specialty concierge, physical therapy practice to being online fully, right? And kind of doing what we do now from a run coaching standpoint and, you know, that being successful and surviving, right? And everything that we've had to kind of fight through in these last five years, like I went back to that why and was like, nah, dude, you finishing, you're going to finish, right? So the why is so important, guys. So remember when you have that big audacious running goal, you need a why. It can't just be like a random time you pulled out of your head and said, I want to do a sub four marathon. I want to do sub five, right? I want to do sub six, right? It has to have a why behind it. All right. Let me get off of that before I get too emotional for you guys. Um, the other things that went really, really well was the base electrolyte salt that I used was a race saver. Um, as I knew I could not take any liquid electrolytes on the course because of said stomach issues. So that was the first time I literally was not able to actually take in any electrolytes on the course. I took one sip of the electrolytes after a water at like the second or third water stop and it almost came up. So I was like, okay, that's not going to work. So Luckily, I had my electrolyte salt, and it's called base electrolyte salt. Um, I shared it recently on the podcast. I just started using it um, for my last half marathon or after my last half marathon. I really started using it during this training cycle, during my long runs, and I've mentioned it somewhere in the episodes. Um, it was a game changer because it's literally salt. You just put it on your thumb, you lick it, and boom, you get one, two licks per every mile or two, and that helped me tremendously. I did not cramp up at all um, in the race. So that was a huge win, huge win. Um, another win, no blisters, no chafing, um, or even foot soreness or pain. Like I just remember last time around being in so much pain after the marathon and my feet were killing me. And even on my long runs, like that last time training for a marathon, the 16, 18, like 20, they were like torturous. I remember blisters. I remember my feet hurting. And even after the race, like my feet didn't hurt. And even I've done some half marathons where my feet hurt the next day or two. And I really attribute it to the short foot exercise. Um, you guys are going to like be like, this guy is like all about the short foot exercise. But I seriously am. Um, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid big time. Um, we had Dr. Emily Splickle on the podcast. This was actually one of the things that I shared um, in my half marathon training. Um, but yeah, man, I do my short foot activation. It takes me literally two to three minutes for every single run. 
I turn those muscles on. They're so much stronger during my runs. And they were strong during the marathon. Um, and I think that's evidenced by there is no soreness, no pain in my feet. And guys, I don't have like perfect foot posture whatsoever. One foot's like super pronated. Um, I got some hammer toes going on. If you guys see the short foot video, you can make fun of my gnarly toes. Um, so I got like a dropped fourth metatarsal. You, you guys don't want to know the details of my foot type and my foot structure. Um, but they were pretty bad. Like I got made fun of in PT school and all the foot um, biomechanics, gait courses, orthotic courses that I ever went to as a PT. I was like the model. You go to the front of the room, people make fun of your feet. You know, it's like, hey, look at this guy. He's got some funky gait things going on. Um, that was me. So the fact that like my feet didn't hurt at all, I think really speaks to the training and then doubling down on the um, foot activation exercises. Um, another really positive thing in the race and the experience was I didn't walk due to leg fatigue or body fatigue even. Um, the only reason I walked was because I had the reflux that was going to like come up. Um, so that was a positive. Big, big positive. Another one was no cramping, right? That was like a huge goal of mine was to like, dude, you're going to run the marathon and not cramp up. Um, and I, I felt so happy. Um, at the end to be able to help other runners during those last six miles who were cramping. Uh, one of, um, you know, local kinetic guys, Chris Tepp, shout out, man, if you listen to this podcast, um, but he's the running dad joke guy on Instagram. Um, we just met on Instagram and uh, I actually saw him on the course and he was running his first marathon, doing an awesome job. Um, unfortunately, he was hitting some of those cramps at the end. So I was happy to like help him along there, give him a vial. I brought an extra just in case I dropped mine or to help a runner like Chris that I saw on the course um, and gave him my little vial of salt there and it helped him a little bit, really prevented him from like totally locking up, which was a good thing. Um, another positive was I finished strong and I was able to push and feel proud of the effort despite the circumstances. So despite all of how bad the stomach felt, despite how my whole race strategy got thrown out the window, despite I was not even anywhere close to my conservative estimate of when I would be finishing, I was still able to finish strong at the end running and passing people at the end. Um, another positive, I actually did get a PR um, from the last marathon five years ago by 12 minutes, right? It's a positive. Um, the other big thing, and it really speaks to, I think the training and the training that goes into it is the recovery. So recovery went really, really well. Um, I did not feel like how I did last time. That is for sure. I just remember those first couple of days after the last time was like my whole body was in a freaking, it like felt like I got hit by a Mack truck. Right. So I only really experienced minor muscle soreness, I'm going to call it. Like I was able to go downstairs. It wasn't like I had to go step one at a time. Um, definitely the day of the race, especially after the race, it was a lot of standing on feet. You know, I was really happy to like watch some other runners finish, like Coach Latoya finished her marathon. Um, and then we hung out after and we were hanging out in the beer garden, right? So hanging out at mile 27 beer club here. I got my little uh, glass here, my pint glass, um, that I'm drinking my water out of right now, but 
right? We were standing for so long. So like that day I was just spent and it was more of the mental drain from fighting through um, what I needed to fight through physically. Um, and so it really speaks to, I think the physical preparation and the fitness was really beyond what the clock showed on that one particular day for me. And, you know, that, that, that's a positive, right? That recovery went really well. And then I was able to kind of bounce back into my normal week, um, after, and, you know, running this marathon was so much more than running a race. And, you know, now I can really truly see why that was. And we've been talking about this for four months and, you know, why I had that uncontrollable feeling of anxiety that I couldn't control two days leading up to the race, um, despite having all the tools at my disposal of what to watch out for and how to calm myself down. Um, this was a huge curveball for me and I was not expecting it. Um, but I am truly happy and proud that I was able to demonstrate mental toughness and resiliency um, to be able to like learn and grow from this experience, right? Um, so all in all, it was certainly not the marathon race that I had hoped for or, you know, that I thought would ever happen. Um, but I am grateful for this experience and this moment um, in which I'm going to look back on and be proud of. Not for the reasons I thought I would be for, you know, maybe, you know, smashing the marathon, right? And like totally getting this redemption race. But I was proud of the mental toughness and the resiliency that I was able to demonstrate. Um, so now, do you guys want to know the secret to the marathon? Um, I'm going to share with you the secret to the marathon next. But before I do that, I do want you to hear from one of our Healthy Runner coaching winners. Katya went from struggling with Achilles pain to just finishing her first marathon in Chicago last week, the day after I ran mine in Hartford. Um, and I'm so proud of her. I really, truly am. Um, she's an amazing person. And she was nice enough to kind of share her experience um, in working in our coaching program. So here is what she had to say about the guidance that she received to make her marathon dreams a reality. Hi, my name is Katja from Los Angeles, and I would like to talk a little um, to you about my experience with Drain and the Spark Healthy Runner program. I started my journey um, with the program, I think about a year, a little less than a year ago. I suffered from Achilles um, tendonitis that turned into tendinopathy and um, just really struggled with running at that point and was really frustrated um, and probably like many of you came um, across um, Dwayne's podcast while I was trying to consult Dr. Google to find out what to do about this and um, how the heck to get out of pain and start running again and found a few of his videos where he talked about um, specifically Achilles issues and just um, was very intrigued. Um, so after you know, after a couple of weeks, um, I decided to reach out to him and um, jump on a call and immediately just um, just gelled with him and um, loved his enthusiasm and his energy. And I just um, adore his personality. And he just gave already, you know, some really solid advice um, and talked about the program. And I, you know, 
took a chance at that point I thought I would you know just take a chance and um, sign up for the program and it has been one of the best things I've done for myself um, you know with I had already signed up for um, two half marathons Dwayne probably would have liked me to just run the second one <laughs> but the first one was a um, deferral from COVID times um, so we like saw it as a maybe a tune-up um, tune-up race for the for the a um, half marathon for my goal race um, and it just went fantastic um, I think both of us were a little surprised how well that first one went and I had absolutely um, no Achilles issues this is just two months into the program um, I crushed my second um, race my a race uh, which was the Revel Mount Charleston um, downhill race just highly recommended have to throw that in there um, ran a PR already by almost 10 minutes and had the best time and again without any issues um, Achilles issues or otherwise um, a few components um, that I really enjoyed about the program and that I think um, really helped me in my journey were the strength program the strength component I was not consistent in strength training before you know 10 minutes here 20 minutes there definitely not consistent and the program you know kept me accountable set on my calendar and um, you know you know i just saw it on my calendar it's like okay i'm running today i'm strength training today and i, just, I stuck to it and, and it just really helps you know somebody's out there watching you as well um and Dwayne gave me some additional exercises tailored to me and my inju injury um that uh, yeah successfully helped me overcome my my issues and i had bilateral achilles tendonitis um or tendinopathy so and that was especially bad for me um and you know you can work out along Dwayne so to speak um on the videos that he's recorded for the strength program and that was really fun for me much more fun than you know just looking on a piece of paper and going exercise by exercise so that was really really um beneficial for me as well and just loved working with him I love the healthy runner community um special shout out to Jonah and Owen I'm so thankful to have met you and so many others um there and that is also really really important and um, invaluable um, benefit of the program really that it's not just the coach that you have it's the whole team that you have behind you it's also the other coaches that are always there with advice and input um, shout out to Whitney Latoya Dufeng all of them um, Brooke the registered dietitian has been super helpful she gave me some really good advice and you know all of that carried over into this um so more about this in a second but um when i ran my my second half marathon i remember clearly i said to Dwayne when we had our um what's it called review and talked about it um that i said to him i have no idea how i could ever run twice as far and he said but of course you can he said like you know you've you've trained for a half marathon so that's what you ran and then you trained for full and then that's what you do and I just um, ran my first full marathon in Chicago just six days ago. Um, zero, first of all, zero Achilles issues, but zero issues in general. Um, honestly, it probably couldn't have gone any more perfect. Um, yeah, I had the best experience. Um, Chicago was amazing. And, you know, Dwayne instilled that confidence in me. And I'm not sure if I would have um, stood at the start line without him or the program. So. If you're still hesitant, um, my advice would be, you know, just shoot him an email, reach out to him, 
um, jump on a call, you know, see if you gel, um, think about it for, for a day or two, sleep on it. Um, I think you wouldn't regret it. Um, it's been invaluable for me. I really, really enjoyed the experience and the, the community that came with it and found it invaluable. Happy running. All right. So now you guys want to know the secret to the marathon. The secret to the marathon is perseverance. And shout out to Irene Bosco for, for making me realize this. Um, and I think this was so well said, Irene, is that the secret, we all want to know the secret to the marathon, right? And many of you who have been listening to this podcast, we're tuning in to learn the marathon, right? We're lifelong learners. We want to learn. We want to learn what's the best nutrition, hydration. What's the best mindset? What's the best training, right? Irene said this so well, and it really resonated with me that the marathon, the secret is how do you persevere, right? And I was happy that I was able to persevere in a way for me based upon my circumstances. Your circumstances are going to be different for your marathon, right? But you're going to have to, at some point, persevere. It might be before the race. It might be during your training. You're going to have to persevere. You might go through a personal struggle. You might throw, go through a work-related struggle. You might go through, right? like so many struggles that we have in life, you're going to have to persevere maybe during the training. For me, my perseverance during the training was actually doing hard things in my training that was physically testing my boundaries that I've never done before, right? Doing that advanced marathon training and the mental strategies and the mantras that I executed in my training helped me on race day. Not for pushing and getting some negative splits in my last six miles, which I thought that's when I would need to use them. Those fight mantras we've talked about before, but it was to actually push through the circumstances that I was going through at the time. Um, so here are some take home points. And I, I planned on like listing these out lessons learned like I did in the last episode, but these are just like random thoughts and like take home points that I really hope are going to help you. If you're struggling with a time on the clock from your marathon or any race for that matter, because I was initially, I'm not going to lie, guys, like I'm human and I'm like many of you. When I was coming down that home stretch, like the very emotional, by the way, um, seeing my wife there, like cheering me on. She surprised me race day. I didn't think she was going to be there. My daughter had a game lacrosse game. My other one had, um, she was working. She helps the younger kids in a volleyball clinic. And I was like, I didn't want her to take a day off of work to like, go see me stand around for four hours. Right. While I was running this marathon. So my wife kind of surprised me. I didn't expect her to be there. Um, so that was like emotional seeing her at the end. Um, but when I did cross that finish line, like I knew I, I did accomplish something, but I'm not going to lie. When you look up at the clock and you see that time, you feel like you're a failure for a moment, right? And for some of us, that moment lasts for seconds, minutes, hours, days. The next day, did it pop in my head a couple of times? Yes. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
So if you're struggling with the time on the clock um, of your marathon and you're feeling like you didn't succeed, you are a failure. Um, you know, we talked about this in depth in episode 133 with Elizabeth Clore on how to gain mental strength. And she shared her whole marathon journey and how much it messed her head up in trying to get a BQ for seven opportunities, right? Until she finally kind of got the help she needed from a sports psychologist, right? To get over that. Um, so if you're struggling with that, number one, always seek out help. Like I mentioned to you, I saw my therapist the day after because I knew like Dwayne, like I didn't want to go down any dark places. I didn't want to like be depressed after this race. Right. So I made sure. And luckily by the time I already had the appointment, I already came to a lot of this myself and realization. And what I did is really, I put my running in perspective, guys, like this is running and it's hard to do that when you've been focusing like a laser focus, right. On this marathon goal of yours for four months. And really to put it quite frankly, and which probably led to my subconscious anxiety attack that I had was five years for me. Right. So it was five years of me trying to figure out how to actually get over those stubborn running injuries I mentioned to you, how to actually get faster in my half marathon times, how to actually stay healthy and train, how to run better, right? How to have those good half marathon training cycle. So it's more than the last four months, it's years of training leading up to this moment, right? So it's, you still have to put in perspective, like it is running, right? And, and we actually um, train for the marathon because we are motivated people who like to stay healthy, right? We like to set goals for ourselves. We're like usually go-getters, right? We're high performers, most of us, right? We're accomplishing things professionally. And it's like, hey, I want to do this for my running. I want to accomplish things. You want to challenge yourself. However, you're still a motivated person who likes to run, right? And that doesn't dictate your self-worth and it doesn't change who you are as an individual. So try to be objective as possible in your post-race analysis and take the time to reflect. For me, what really helped me get over some of those negative thoughts I was feeling the day after was literally that whole list I just said to you as I mentioned, I posted on social media, I jotted it down. I got it out of my brain and was like, all right, this sucked, this sucked, that sucked. 10 minutes and Dunkin' Donuts sucked, right? Got it down on paper, typed it up actually, put down all the good things. And then once I wrote down all the good things, I was like, dang, there's a lot more good things than there are bad things, right? So sometimes you like need to actually visually see it yourself versus you just getting caught up in your mind and your brain and your brain's like, damn, man, you were a failure. You were like, you thought easily you could do 343, right? Or 346, whatever the heck I said. Like, again, it wasn't my goal time, right? It was like a conservative estimate. And I was like over four. So it's like your brain wants to play these tricks and be like, hey, like you didn't really succeed. You're kind of a failure. But then you got to objectively look at what are the things that went well? and focus on the process, not the outcome. So that was helpful for me to get that out. And once I did that, 
and moved on with my Monday. I did that actually Monday morning before I even started my workday. I needed to get it done because I knew my brain would, would stew in it. And I didn't want it to. And I was like, it, this can't affect me. Like, I, I, like, literally, it's a race. Like, again, we ain't professionals here, guys, right? Like, you know, be objective as possible. List all the things out. Focus on the process, not the outcome. Um, and, you know, if you need help and you're still stewing in it, get help. Make an appointment with a therapist. Talk about it, right? Um, because it shouldn't be any more than that. And the one thing that really helped me is once I had my first coaching calls with my clients that week and seeing and helping them and like living my passion for what I do, I was like, dude, who cares about what the hell I did on this marathon, right? It was like, I just like this runner just told me literally that this is the first marathon that she's going to be running in seven years. And she's feeling amazing and she's not having knee pain, right? Or, you know, I'm thinking of this younger uh, guy, Logan, that I'm working with. Um, you know, it's like he couldn't run at all because he was getting shin pain. And he's literally building up to his like first seven mile, you know, run. And he's like loving the strength training that I'm giving him. And he's like, I'm feeling stronger. So like it gave me purpose, right? So whatever gives you purpose in your life, start doing that right away. If you're getting any negative thoughts after your uh, marathon, um, because it really helped me like be like, Oh, that's why I'm here. Like I have purpose here. Like my purpose is not to, you know, win the Hartford marathon, right? That's not my purpose. Um, so hopefully those are helpful for you guys. Um, I don't know if you can, you know, relate to any of this, you might think I'm crazy. I don't know. Um, but I'm just brain dumping here and just sharing my experience with the hope that it can help you. And maybe there's some of my story that you can relate to. Um, but I do have an announcement, actually. Now that marathon training is over, I do have a little extra time on my hands. Um, so I'm actually, if you are listening to this at the time of this recording, I am actually looking for two runners to actually onboard um, these last two weeks of October. So this is my personal invite to you, podcast listener. Um, if you want my help with your stubborn running injury, um, maybe you just train for a marathon or a half marathon, or you're not training for a half marathon or a marathon because you are in knee pain due to runner's knee, IT band, or you're battling Achilles pain or that proximal hamstring tendinopathy we were talking about before. Um, and you want a simple system to get back to running injury-free, running the distances again while getting stronger, faster, and actually removing any shame or guilt around not consistently getting in your mental clearing runs that you need. Um, you know, if you want to remove that guesswork where I can really offload what you need to do from an injury standpoint, a strength standpoint for running, and a running standpoint um, with a run plan so you don't have to guess that, hey, maybe this is what I need to do, right? Um, and you're ready to invest in your health, then I would love to work with you. Um, so if that is the case, just go to www.learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com 
um, forward slash coaching will take you right to the coaching page. But if you go to the main page, you will be able to get it. Click the link wherever you're listening to this. I will have that in the show notes um, and jump on a call with me. I will see if you're a good fit for how I help runners. And I would love to help you because again, you guys give me my purpose, right? I love helping you guys and just love seeing your wins. Um, I loved hearing about all the half marathon PRs that our clients um, were getting um, in Hartford. And, you know, everyone's doing, we had a lot of runners doing tune-up races before New York. Um, so I'm really, really excited to seeing them crush New York and have an amazing experience. Um, so hopefully you like this race recap and kind of lessons learned episode. Um, if that is the case, then you will surely like the next episode and you like this kind of format, then check out, um, if you're listening to the podcast, episode 128, where I share more in depth lessons learned and the specific strategies that I did um, to have really two strong half marathon training cycles without getting injured. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, like just click the video um, that I have here for you next and you will get that training. Let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running guys until next time. Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkyourtraining. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one -on -one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.